Welcome to the Alad Pod, Missouri's online town hall program bringing our government back to you. I'm your host, Alad Gross. I'm a civil rights and government transparency attorney, an educator, and a friend to all dogs who weigh at least 40 pounds, who believes that our government should be responsive to we the people. This show is about big ideas, including yours. So you're invited to participate and ask questions when these shows are live before they become podcasts at aladgross.live. On this episode, we are joined by Alex Johnson, the field director for the Missouri House Democrats, an organization that is recruiting Democrats to run for the state House of Representatives. We talked to Alex about the upcoming deadline on March 29th to file to run for state representative and why you should contact Alex, even if you're just thinking about doing it. Alex, are you still here? I am still here. I'm excited to oh, be so here. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. I am so excited. Look, Alex, I have been watching uh, for a long time and, in fact, have gotten to work with you quite a bit, too. Uh, but I have, um, for those of you who do not know Alex, there are a few harder workers than him in the entire state of Missouri. Uh, the work he does is just phenomenal, the effort that he's been putting into all of this. Uh, so I thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come do this. Uh, so if you could, hey, introduce yourself to the folks who don't know you, and uh, let's, let's let them know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, so I'm Alex Johnson, he, him, his, uh, and I'm based out of Springfield. Uh, I work as the field director for the Missouri House Democratic Campaign Committee, and my job is pretty straightforward. Um, I work with candidates so that we can expand the Democratic caucus in our state house. Uh, that is my one true goal is just get more Democrats into the state house, try and get a hold of that gavel and uh, fix some stuff. And so I get to work with uh, people in every corner of the state. So, so for those who, let's go from like a very basic level, right? Because a lot of folks are very familiar with, you know, some of our elected offices like President of the United States, uh, Congress. We've got U.S. folks, uh, you know, U.S. House of Representatives, U.S. Senators. Uh, but on the state level, that's what you're talking about here today. On the state level, you know, a lot of folks are very familiar with uh, we have a governor, um, that there are other these statewide offices. But there's also a similar to what we have on the federal level. There is also a state legislature. And it, actually, in Missouri, we are one of those states and not all of the states do this. But we are one of those states that has uh, our own house version so with representatives and there's a whole bunch of those uh and then a uh, state senate uh version as well uh and it works kind of similarly to what we see on the federal level too uh, but what what are i what, you know a lot of folks look at the federal stuff and they're saying hey that's where i want to be i want to get involved in all of that and that's that's my big passion and there's what why state tell tell them why preach the good gospel of state government 
And I know it is a cliche thing to say, but all politics is local. Uh, you want to run for office because you want to make a difference, right? Well, the place where you have the largest impact is your own community. And I, I always think of it, if, if I want to fix the world, I want us to live in a great world, uh, but I have this little section of the world that I'm a part of. And if I do the work here and I have faith that people are doing the work where they're at, then I have faith that everything is going to get worked on eventually. And so running for state office is grounding yourself into a bite-sized chunk. Because if you run for Congress right off the bat, and I'm not saying anybody shouldn't run for Congress, we need to start taking those seats. Um, but that's a big stretch of land. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know uh, much about campaigning yet, uh, which you know, we're here to help you learn that stuff, uh, it can be overwhelming. But when you dive into state house, that's your neighbors. Uh, that's not half the state. That's not a quarter of the state. That's your neighborhood. Uh, that's your school district. It might be the school district in the town over. Uh, could be your whole county or a couple of counties. But if you're in those rural places where it's a couple of counties, they're your neighbors too, basically. You know folks out there. Uh, and that's how you actually are able to make connections with people to where you can start to build that momentum yeah. where you can start to change minds and have real conversations about what's affecting your bottom dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so many folks, you know, we get caught up on federal politics and, you know, with, with a lot of national stories, it's easy, right? We all kind of share in that, right? So if, if you're marketing something, then we talk about something that impacts as many folks as possible. But, you know, the way that, that the government, and it, we've gone through some changes over time, certainly from the, the founding of the country to the, the days we're in now, uh, but the, the states have so much more authority over those really important local issues that you're talking. I mean, you think about how much money is going towards schools and transportation, uh, roads. Uh, we talk about the justice system. I mean, there's there are very few things. And in fact, I mean, for folks who are big fans of constitutional history and read that thing, I mean, so much of the power is reserved to the states. And that balance has has really, uh, you know, in, in many ways been the greatest expression of democratic governance, um, certainly in our country. And I mean, throughout the world in many in many cases, too, just how involved you can be at a local level and the representation that you provide. And then at the end of the day, the the power and the authority that you have to really enact change that hopefully the folks who voted for you would like to do. And, and then you think about that from a wider state perspective, too. Um, so tell, I mean, what, so we've got, you know, the website up. It's underneath your name, right? Everybody can see it. MoHouseDems.com. Great website name, by the way. Uh, but what, what is that? Like, what, what is, what is, if I go to that website, what do I see? So that is a one-stop shop to figure out what's going on with house races across the state in the Democratic Party. Uh, I know on that front page, you have a beautiful little map pulled up uh, and we got some options on there. I can pull uh, that where up. You can actually, I totally forgot. Yeah. I can pull that thing up. Yeah, give me just a second. Hold up. I will do that. Yeah, let's look at this. Uh, and for anybody watching at home, uh, go ahead and open a second tab or just wait along with us. But if you do want to go ahead and visit our website, there's also a donation link and some options for signing up to be a volunteer. Click on whichever one you want or both. 
That's that big red button. And for folks, hey, for for candidates or people who are thinking about getting involved, it's always good to have that donate like offset. Red's a good color. It's a very active color that gets you going. I like it. So this is nice. Okay, so we've got a map here, as you just mentioned, right? Okay, wait. So at the top, we've got tabs. It says run for office. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the donate button, get involved, events, and everything else. Okay. You can meet the can So you can see who's running for office already on this website, too. Yeah, uh, I update it every evening. Uh, I personally take the time after 5 p.m. when the Secretary of State's office has closed to right. scroll through and check every single district just on the off chance. Anybody has filed who hadn't filed. Uh, and then I hop over to our website and make sure that they are properly represented there. Uh, and if you hover over one of the tabs for our candidates, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually see, uh, at least for a majority of them at this moment, uh, links to find their own websites, uh, their donation links, as well as their social media, so that you can click and find out, you know, what is this person all about? Mm. Okay, and then, and then in places where you need a candidate, then it says candidate needed right there. And you've got a little pitch. Very straightforward. Oh, wow. Look at this. This is really nice. Yeah. I probably should have looked at this before I had you on. You know, I was just like, oh, let's just go to that website and check it out. But no, I think you're doing great. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, I appreciate that. Thank you. But we're nothing if not encouraging. Uh, and that's what this is all about, right? Encouraging some folks to run for office. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, yeah okay. you click there. If there's not somebody, uh, we have it pretty easy to where you can sign up, uh, get an email that will go to me. And I check my email daily. Uh, and I make a lot of phone calls. Yeah. So who like, okay, so so kind of walk me through you're you know, you, you see somebody. Um, they're interested. They click on this. They hit learn more. Uh, they end up emailing you and it's going to go to you. Um, what, what do I expect at that point? You're making this call to me. What, what are you talking to me about? Well, the first thing I want to do is confirm your house district. Uh, we have new maps and there's a lot of folks who had their district memorized, but it may not be the same district anymore. So we want to check on that. Once we have your house district memorized, uh, I ask a pretty open-ended question of, tell me about yourself. And I listen. Uh, I listen for a few key things. Uh, first and foremost is, do you sound like you care about your neighbors and your community? Uh, that's the most important thing for me when I'm talking to somebody, because intellectually, uh, you might be there on a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. But if you're not there emotionally as well, uh, then I don't know how far you're going to go with this. Right. Uh, which isn't to say that you're written off and I don't want you as one of my candidates, just that uh, we might do a little bit more work together. Right. But I get your background. We start walking through some of that. Uh, and then I you know, ask the questions of, do you have some campaign experience? Uh, what was that like? Uh, when was it? A lot of people uh, were able to knock doors and do stuff back when they are in college. Uh, and then they started having bills, uh, which cuts into some of that volunteer time very understandable. Uh, so we walk through, you know, these are some of the changes that have happened since you've done that. Uh, are you still interested knowing the time commitments? And most of the time it's a, yeah, no, I'm in. Uh, so we got to go through the process of this is how you actually set up and file to run for office. 
you have your filing fee you got to pay to the state party. You can do that online. Just make sure you print off your receipt. Uh, and then we have Form 5120 with the Department of Revenue. Sounds very complicated talking about forms with the Department of Revenue. Yeah, the taxis Literally, here and we're doing numbers yeah. already. <laughs> numbers are my favorite part of this job. Uh, but you just say you've paid your taxes. Uh, good to go. Get that uh, notarized. And you make your trip to Jefferson City. Visit the Secretary of State's office. Do a little paperwork there. Uh, and you're good to go. You are now on the ballot, at least for August. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, little more than that, though, we also have to worry about setting up a campaign committee. Uh, you can take money up to $500 without setting up your uh, MEC committee, but just immediately set up your committee. Uh, the second you get your name out there, uh, get that committee. Don't wait. Do it. Uh, and once all of that hubbub has been gone through and we finish the really boring stuff, uh, I dive into what the candidates think is really boring. Uh, it is personally my favorite part of this. And uh, for everybody out there listening, um, not to be a buzzkill, because like nobody likes math, but the best and like most important part of a campaign is doing your math early on. Uh, figuring out what is your win number, uh, how many persuasion targets do I have, and how am I going to talk to them often enough to actually be persuasive. Uh, a lot of people have it in their head that they can knock every single door in their district. And like from an ideological perspective, uh, I love the idea of talking to every one of our neighbors and having real important conversations. From a logistics perspective, uh, every conversation takes a certain amount of time and you only have so much time. So if we know that you have to talk to somebody multiple times to be persuasive, uh, you can't talk to every single person and have persuasive conversations. You have to create your universe. And then it is just diving into math and creating logistics and hard deadlines week for week so that we can hold ourselves accountable, which sounds overwhelming. Um, but like I said, it's my favorite part of it. Uh, and it is what I get to work with a lot of candidates on. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one Zooms. I mean, it takes, it takes a, a, you know, and this is true with anything that you do. I mean, you, you, if you, the more that you have a plan and preparation that goes into it, and that doesn't mean that, um, you know, you let that that prep time overwhelm you, right, to the point where you're just planning and you're not doing anything. But the more that you have some thought that you put into it, you're really thinking through things, uh, kind of mapping out what everything looks like, what a strategy could look like, the better off you're going to do. And that's so true with, with just about anything. Um, you know, there were a few things that you said for, for folks who uh, may be a little bit less familiar, and we do have some folks tuning in uh, from uh, St. Charles, DeSoto, Southeast Missouri. All right, great. We got folks from all over. Uh, but for, for those who are uh, maybe a little less familiar with, um, you know, uh, the, the political side of things, maybe you've been really involved in your community and uh, you now want to take that next step towards, hey, I, I'd like to look at what would this mean if I was in state government, which is great. I highly encourage folks who have been super involved to, to go take that step because that's the kind of representation that, you know, you have a good perspective. You can bring that with you. 
help a lot of people that way too. Uh, but for folks who are, are a little less familiar, um, Alex mentioned starting a, a committee, and you're like, "Oh, what the heck is I need a committee for this?" Uh, there, so so when you um, when you run for office, you can raise money, and I'm sure there's probably not a single person watching this who hasn't been asked to donate to a campaign. Heck, you got asked to donate today already. Uh, so so when when you do, uh, you can, like Alex said, I mean, if you've got a really low but super low budget campaign, which doesn't really happen anymore, but if you do, then it's not something that matters so much to you, but highly recommend, especially if you're into uh, transparency and accountability, wanting folks to see you know, where is your support coming from? What you're doing uh, helps to hold you a bit accountable too. And it's not that, I mean, you know, there's some account, we're happy to help with all of that stuff too. Um, and I do that for candidates all the time. Um, but you, you want to basically file with the MEC, which is the Missouri Ethics Commission. And with them, uh, they've got tutorials and descriptions, but you just file some forms. You say what you're running for, and then you file reports with them, uh, mostly quarterly. But then as we get closer to the elections, it happens a little more often. Um, do you see, I, I mean, I guess from, you know, there's, there's some stuff that folks who are going to be running for the first time uh, don't really, are, are just not familiar with. Heck, I mean, I've run for office before. It was my first time. And there were some things I was like, well, that's a, fortunately, I was a little bit more familiar having helped a lot of folks before. Uh, but you always learn something new, I think, in different ways. So if somebody is sitting there and they're saying, goodness, I mean, there's all this, this sounds really nice, but like, how am I, how am I going to do it? Are there, are there resources that you're able to provide them with or like, you know, instructions or templates or, or can they come to you afterwards? Is that first phone call that you have with them, is that the last time that they're going to hear from you? No, uh, I do pretty often check-ins. Uh, we also have a standard 6.30 o'clock uh, Monday evening phone call where every single candidate I'm working with can hop on. Uh, during that call, we walk through uh, milestones you should be hitting at this point. Uh, what are some goals? Within the next month of your campaign, what should you try and accomplish? Uh, and then after I talk at them for a little bit, uh, I open the floor for questions, uh, which is my favorite part of it, because if one candidate has a question, it's almost guaranteed that another candidate has that exact same question. They just might be a little nervous. Another big part of getting everybody together on a call, which uh, isn't as popular with all people, but across the board, I think it works with the vast majority of my candidates, uh, peer pressure. We start talking about, uh, have you contacted voters? Are you knocking doors? Are you making phone calls? All yeah. of these people are. What about you? Uh, and that's, that's very motivating. Uh, but with all of that, uh, we have what we call a campaign in a box. So as soon as a candidate has either their MEC committee set up or is filed, I will email them uh, the campaign in a box, which has templates they can use to map out voter contact strategies, uh, map out a budget plan. It has how-tos on using the voter activation network. Uh, VAN is what we'll call that moving forward in this call. Uh, and the how-tos and the reference materials in there, uh, huge in my opinion, especially going over how to do call time 
Uh, call time, that is another bit of lingo we use in the business. A lot of first-time candidates, when I talk about call time, think I mean phone banking, where we're trying to contact voters. Uh, call time is a little bit different and a whole lot less satisfying to the soul. Um, that is when you are uh, calling your friends, uh, family, acquaintances, and you start kind of branching out to folks you have a bit less and less personal connection to, uh, and you ask them for money, uh, which a lot of people don't like. Um, but in that first phone call, I always tell candidates, uh, when you're campaigning, you should have two check boxes you are always filling out. That first box, uh, are you contacting voters? The second box is, are you raising money so you can afford to contact more voters? Mm -hmm. uh, and just constantly checking back on those two. Uh, another thing we give to our candidates, uh, as well as you know, just all that reference materials, a website. Uh, and I, I think you have the website, if you don't mind pulling that up. You are just so good letting at people running look the at show. Stuff. I should just let you have the buttons. Yes, wait, hold that. We do have one. And we could share this, too. What am I even doing here today? All right. Your best, and it's wonderful. <laughs> this is great. This is the best show I've ever had. Okay, so we've, we've got, yes, yeah, so we've got, uh, this is one of the sample um, websites. It's through upballot.com. Um, some wonderful folks in Springfield who are doing a lot of this work to help people with websites. And I know a lot of candidates have taken advantage of this. And look, it looks great. Look. Vote for candidate, right? Th that's just great. I don't know who came up with that. Yeah. Uh, one of the creatives over at Mostly Serious, uh, shout out Mostly Serious, Springfield-based yeah. web design company. Um, this website, it looks clean, fresh, nice, up to date. It's got the big red donate button. Uh, all the things a candidate could want. If you scroll down to the bottom, uh, there's some little dates listed there. You can have events. Uh, if you are trying to get people to check out who you are, uh, not only can you have your website on your literature that you're passing out to people, but when they do look at your website on your literature and they click down there, uh, they can find your upcoming events. So you can get volunteers that way. If you're doing a meet and greet opportunity, folks know where to show up. Uh, it also has a blog post feature, which in 2020, mm -hmm. some of my candidates greatly appreciated uh but overall this is just a way that right off the bat as soon as you decide that you want to be running for office you immediately look professional mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people don't know much about web design i certainly don't um but we checked this out in 2020 with one of our older candidates uh and he was able to navigate the back end and fill out his website all on his own uh, so if you are nervous about setting up a website and you are watching this, we have already tested this with older candidates. You are good to go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's really important. I mean, I think that, you know, for folks who have been looking at candidate websites for a little while, you know, they're, they're getting flashier. There's like less substance on them. What I really like about these is that, you know, some, when you're running, oftentimes you are running and I hope, I hope you're all running because you you want to see something happen you have beliefs that you want to bring with you and you want to represent those and and obviously the folks who are uh involved too 
not only in your campaign, but I mean, in your neighborhood and whatever, you know, you're, you're taking your life experiences with you, in this case, to Jefferson City. And uh, here, I mean, there's a whole section about the issues that you really care about. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to share your story about why you're running. And uh, I mean, look, I mean, there, there are some websites that have less stuff on them, some that have more, uh, but it's, it's really an opportunity for you. I mean, it's so easy when you're talking to somebody, especially if you're online and you've got limited attention spans, but you hook somebody with something that you said, and then you direct them to a website so they can learn more. Now they're sharing it for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, really having a website is so important nowadays for campaigning. Even if it's just, you know, you can kind of see there are links to social media and other places, too, for folks to follow. Um, even for just those purposes, um, it's really, really essential. I guess how, um, you know, when, when I mean, it's good. I mean, you made it pretty user friendly. I know a whole lot of folks who have done this and they've had really no problem with it at all. Um, one of the things on here that that some folks uh, are OK, like this example, you know, the website is upballot.com slash candidate but you have uh the opportunity if you you know if you know and, and maybe you could even help them with it but you know you've got some folks who it's just their name where it would be alexjohnson.com and uh i you think can that one's link taken. those websites here too right yeah uh we have wonderful zach johnston on staff he is our data director uh, but I do not think that title is good enough for what he does. Uh, basically, if it is on the internet or has to do with a computer, uh, he is a whiz who will figure it out. I, I don't know how his brain works, but it is, it is beautiful. Uh, and he has gotten so many of our candidates already set up with their own domain name. Uh, with that, they can get uh, an email that will work with that domain name, right. uh, which just immediately makes you look more professional and more credible. Uh, if you have, um, say, Betsy at Fogelformissouri.com as your email address, that's a pretty great email address. And when people see that, they're going to think, oh, this person is legit and has their things put together. And it's, it's a small thing. It doesn't take all that long on our end to help you with. But when you are meeting people, just those tiny little impressions, they really do add up to create a more professional looking identity. Uh, and as a candidate, you're there to sell yourself. So you want yourself to look professional. That's exactly right. Um, oh, Alex, we stepped in it. We stepped in it and I knew it. And Peggy's calling us out. Oh, what'd we find? She's, getting, she's an unincorporated St. Louis County, by the way. And she wants to know who we're calling old. Uh, Jeff Munzinger, if you're listening, I adore no. you. No, don't uh, do it to him. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff also, by the way, you know, it, you can be uh, beyond that. For folks who are a little less familiar with the technology, too, I mean, uh, Jeff... <laughs> Jeff is one of them. Uh, but there, there are some folks, you know, you just don't use it. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, TikTok, for example, I don't quite get it at all. And actually, I shared something on there the other when I would do it like during the campaign, but I did it the other day. And I had one of these college kids who volunteered in the campaign <laughs> immediately text me. It's like, did you post this? Did you put it up there? And it took me so long to figure out how to do it. But uh, I mean, there's just stuff that's kind of blowing by, which is why it is so important 
and this is another point I want to talk to you about too. It's so important that when you are doing something like a campaign, um, to think about it as this huge volunteer event, right? It's an activity that so many folks, you want so many folks around. You don't want it to just be you because one, uh, you learn from other people, uh, but two, you've got all of those experiences, right? Like folks who who know how to do this and, and there's a big project that they, they can all help you with. Um, what do you tell, you know, it, it, the, the candidates who have reached out and maybe they haven't you know, gone through a whole lot, right? They they're just don't know the logistics of what's going to happen or what to expect. Um, what do you tell them about, um, you know, what kind of a team they should consider uh, assembling and where, where can they find folks? How can they ask them? What should, what should those that pitch to, you know, other people in their community, what should those expectations be, especially if you're running for um, a state representative? Yeah, uh, so I usually do these through phone calls with folks at this point, and uh, I will admit I have to Google the quote every single time I'm on the phone with a candidate, uh, but there's a Margaret Mead quote about how uh, never underestimate a small handful of dedicated citizens' ability to change the world. Uh, indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. I butchered that quote just now, but uh, it's really what I start point. off with every time. Uh, you don't need to have... 50, 70 people showing up every single weekend for you. If you can do that, please do. Please, please do. Um, but if you can get 10 people, 10 people that have your back, that will repeatedly show up, um, that you have a strong relationship with, 10 people is a game changer. 10 people can knock thousands upon thousands of doors. 10 people can get through your universe. Uh, and if you have 15 people, so people are rotating in and out, maybe they're not showing up every single weekend, but you're getting that consistent volume every weekend. Mm -hmm. That's, that's basically all you need for your campaign. Uh, and in order to get those volunteers early on, when you start doing kickoff events, uh, you will have your sign in sheet, and those initial kickoff events and going to your dim clubs, uh, speaking to some college groups, if there's any in your area, um, that's how you're going to get your initial volunteer base. And it's super important to start doing those type of events early on and then follow up with the people who marked yes to volunteering, especially at this point in the campaign when uh, it's still a little chilly. People aren't as engaged and excited about politics at this moment yet. Uh, do one-on-ones. Get those folks to show up at a coffee shop with you and ask them what they care about, what the issue that brought them out that day was. And then do a few leading questions, uh, get to the heart of the matter. And once you have connected with somebody in that way, and you can see how the issues that they care about are also an issue that you care about and will address on your campaign, that person's going to show up for you every weekend. Right. They're just, they're going to be there. Right. You, uh, by the way, uh, Peggy uh, hooked it up. She put the whole quote on there, so I got it on the screen for you. Thank you. Really nice. Peggy, Peggy's the MVP today, I'm telling you. Although I will say, so, uh, and Francine, I know you're watching right now and you're putting some comments in there. Uh, Francine is uh, um, uh, with a, a group of folks right now who are actually writing um, 
uh, postcards for a state representative uh, candidate, uh, Jessica Piper. Jess Piper, who's been on this show before. Uh, we, it was actually our first one we ever did live in person. She's wonderful. Definitely check her out. Um, so, I mean, there's there's opportunities to get. That's one great example of a way to get involved uh, with the campaign. And sometimes, you know, you think about those volunteer opportunities, how you structure them so that maybe some people can't you know, come and knock doors. Maybe some folks can stay home and they can write some of the cards. Obviously, you know, talking to folks is is uh, one way or another is very helpful. Um, and the more that you can do, the, the the better. Now, one one thing that we did touch on just very briefly was uh, you talked about call time and fundraising in different ways. And there, there are different ways to do it, right? There's a lot of folks who are able to go online and do that. Uh, really, it's a mix, right? Because you don't know which one's going to hit super well, so you try it all, and then and then see what works out. One, uh, so my wife uh, is a fundraiser, not for politicians, just for nonprofit organizations and everything else. And she gave me some of the uh, best advice. She always gives me the best advice every once in a while, all the time. It's all the time. But she said. <laughs> Uh, uh, that it's, you have to train. This is kind of what, what kicked it for me. It changed it quite a bit is that you're not really, don't think about just like, I'm just asking for money. I mean, obviously you are asking for money, but you're asking for people to participate. You're asking, you're, you're inviting folks in to be a part of what vision you have, what you want to see, uh, to improve your community in the state of Missouri and, you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to participate that way, maybe they'll want to participate a different way. And but if you if you don't ask them, then they don't have that opportunity to do it. And so uh, really, it's it's less think of it less, especially if you're concerned about it and you're like, oh, this is the reason why I'm never going to run. I can't ask people for money for something like this. Think about, I mean, from the mission, why you are going to spend all of that time running, why you are going to sacrifice so much of you know, your time with family or, or heck, just sitting and watching TV instead of doing all this stuff, why you're doing it, why you're so motivated to do it. And then there are other people who are motivated too. It is not just you. And you can share that with others and then they can choose how they want to participate with you. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a, I want to invite you into something that I think is really special and that I really care about. And I'd love for you to be a part of it too. And uh, well, I think building so off of that, uh, one of my favorite things I've ever been told about fundraising is the number one reason people give is because they were asked mm -hmm. just point blank. Uh, if you want them to donate, you have to make the ask. And I always think of uh, my old roommate uh, worked for, a nonprofit here in the state, uh, and their partner uh, would donate $40 every year to the organization that they worked for. Uh, their partner one day got a phone call from an organization in a different state that does very similar work. Uh, but on that phone call, they made a $200 ask, and they gave $200. They were asked for $200. They did it. Uh, that whole time, if my roommate had asked their partner for a higher donation amount would have gotten it every single time. It's just make the ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you're at, and, and one of the, you know, we talked about the commit, the ethics, uh, uh, filings and everything else. One of the reasons you do that. And some folks, uh, uh, look, we all know there are some folks who try to get around 
the laws about being transparent about where your donations are coming from. That sucks. Like there are ways to do that. It's unfortunate. But one of the 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 ways to tell, hey, is this candidate spending money in the right way? It's 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 out there. Like you can see it. And I mean, as somebody who uh, asked a lot of folks for donations and received it from people and many of whom I would say, please do not give me money. Like you do not make enough money to, but it was like a big deal for folks to do that because that was a way to participate. Um, which I mean that those story I've told those a few times here, but it just, it really gets you in a lot of ways and it, it's the yeah. weight of, of what you are trying to do. But um, really it's, you know, you're you're asking for an amount because you need it to achieve some kind of a goal. And that goes right back to what you talked about at the very beginning. Like if you have a plan and you know what this stuff is good, what you want to do, what you have to do in order to to win, to to push an issue, whatever it is, then you now you're coming to somebody confident with a mission, understanding, able to answer all of these questions that folks have. That's why preparation is so important. What what are you seeing right now? I think one thing that folks are, you know, always interested in from like a general perspective, what when when a somebody who's running for um, state rep is coming to you and saying, "Look, I don't have much experience fundraising. I'm willing to do it. Look, I understand and uh, you know, I I I get it." Um, what what are you saying in terms of how much are they going to have to raise? So, it kind of depends district to district on that. Um, cuz I, I am never going to tell somebody uh, false information. I'm going to try and shoot it as straight as possible when I'm on the phone. And frankly, there are some districts in this state where you're going to have a much, much harder time raising money. People are going to look at past turnouts and they're going to think, I don't know if that's a place I want to invest. So setting realistic expectations of how some conversations are going to go, uh, which always hurts, um, but... You know, I don't want to set somebody up for failure. Mm -hmm. If you are in one of the districts that is very, very competitive, um, you should try to raise a hundred thousand dollars. Try if you can, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, because campaigning is expensive. Sending out mail pieces uh, costs quite a bit of money. At a certain point, if you're in one of those districts, you're going to want to make sure you have a campaign manager. Uh, you're going to want to make sure you have some people paid to actually go out and knock some doors. Now, if you are across the state, depending on where you are, uh, set the bar at 50000 If you can hit $50,000, you have done something remarkable in your district. Uh, chances are a Democrat has not raised that amount of money in your house district in a very, very long time, if ever. Uh, so setting that benchmark and then talking about how you make the ask. Uh, We always start with friends and family, uh, not just because uh, they should already like you enough to want to invest in you, (laughs) but because in my experience, uh, nobody feels more comfortable telling you if you have a bad pitch than your friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will, they will be very honest with you if you have a bad pitch. Uh, And then once you get out from there, uh, what you were talking about uh, with the advice your wife gave you, I think of something very, very similar. Uh, I am a monthly sustainer to Missouri Jobs with Justice. I think it's, there we go, somewhere behind me. Yeah, I got you. Shout out. Um, And the reason I donate every single month is when I was on the phone, uh, 
they just talked to me about my values. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's my values. I like that. Let's make my values a reality. I will put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. That's it. Uh, when you are making asks, uh, it's getting your values out there and investing in that future that not only you want, but hopefully the person you're on the phone with wants. Mm -hmm. At a certain point in the campaign, it might just be that they really don't want the other person to win. And we'll take that money, too. Yeah, I mean, it's very true. <laughs> and sometimes it's a mix, you know, it depends on the day, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. We did get a question on Twitter. So, I'm look, I'm doing my best here to see it, right? I, I'm doing I'm doing OK. Um, yeah, I think you're doing great. Yeah. Th thank you. God, this is great. I'm just going to have you on every single show from here on out. Um, okay, money. So so this is a question. I actually, there's there's been a few similar to this where uh, there are folks who would like to run. Um, they would like to win, and they're willing to put the time into doing that. Uh, but the problem is, okay, I win. Now I'm a state representative, and uh, can I sustain myself at the pay that a state representative makes. And there are some, look, I, I mean, in Missouri, we are one of those states where you are uh, in a part-time legislature. It's not quite like some states where they only meet every two years or whatever it is. We meet every year. And uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, from, from having worked with a whole lot of state representatives who do wonderful work, um, that part-time feeling doesn't quite feel like part-time. I mean, there are folks calling you all the time. You're very involved. You're doing this. Um, the pay is not great in Missouri. Um, I mean, there's there's some outside of just like the base salary. There's also like per diems and some other stuff that goes with that too. And, um, you know, that's a little more detailed. But uh, what... Have have you seen that as an issue when you're talking? I'm sure you have when you're talking to folks. Um, and what I mean, you are very. I can tell. Look, I'll vouch for it. If you guys contact Alex and you're like, "Hey, what's he will be a straight shooter with you? He's going to tell you uh, how it is. You know how difficult it's going to be. What can happen and the possibilities out there. But what you know when you have those kind of conversations, how often is that happening? Are you seeing that as a major impediment for folks running in Missouri right now? Yeah, absolutely. I have had people who I know for a fact uh, have contemplated running for office, but just won't reach out because they can't accept the pay cut. Uh, I've had some people on the phone uh, talk, talking to a single mother, uh, three kids dedicated to her community, active volunteers as much as possible, uh, would be like the ideal candidate. But then we start talking about how much are you currently getting paid and what would that look like if you took this job, if you won your election? Uh, she's got to make sure her kids got shoes. Uh, she's got to make sure, you know, like you want your kids to look nice when they go to school uh, and they're accustomed to a certain standard of living. Uh, no parent wants to be the person to say, hey, uh, we're going to not be able to get you all that stuff you wanted uh, for tryouts because right. money's a little tight this, this month because I'm now a state representative. I mean, how terrible is that? Uh, you got to make sure food's still getting on the table. You have bills to pay. And it's 
I have had too many conversations where that ended up being a deciding factor in whether or not they wanted to run for office. Uh, I have been ghosted by a couple of people because of that, uh, where I think just like there's, there's a level of shame that comes with uh, not feeling like you can pay your bills. And then it's just like, oh, I don't want to own up to that feeling. So we're just going to slink out of this conversation. And every single time that sucks because, I mean, if we want to work in a functioning democracy, then it has to be accessible for all people to be a part of it. And if only the folks who are already well-to-do are able to run for office, or if folks who have family they can rely on to help make ends meet are able to run for office, then that doesn't allow every citizen to have the voice that they deserve to have. Uh, and I mean, this has been an issue discussed and debated for millennia, not just centuries. I mean, it was talked about in Plato's Republic, you know, the need to make sure all the guards are properly compensated if we want them to function well. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... It's, it's unfortunate, and it unfortunately, because of that, I mean, it caters towards having, one, if you're wealthy, then you're more likely to be able to do it, and those are the folks who go into government. Um, you know, there was a big, uh, I'm reading a lot about uh, the, um, the formation of the Constitution. Before the Constitution, we had the Articles of Confederation in America and, you know, the switch there, but we had state legislative-type bodies uh, even before uh, the, the the war of independence and everything else, um, the revolution. And so these things existed before, and those debates were happening then. And one of the, the reasons that, uh, you know, folks who, who had more money uh, wanted to reform, go reform government in a way was because the uh, local legislatures were becoming more accessible for folks who, uh, you know, were, were not like them, who, who were just, you know, working in the backwoods somewhere and uh, had maybe a little bit of land, uh, but, but were certainly not wealthy by any means. And I think that's really been, unfortunately, um, you know, a, a very big push from those who have resources to, to try to crowd out everyone else so that there's, there's control there. And I think looking at at some of the structures. And I, you know, I'm, I'm certain that there are folks within our government who would like to see it differently, maybe just don't understand how it's operating. But right now, I mean, you know, if you're a lawyer who whose law firm is willing to like, yeah, we'll give you some time or you can have a more flexible period. Uh, but if you're if you're working for the state, if you're a teacher, I mean, there are some folks who are just like, you've got to leave your job in order to, to take this position. Uh, and then, you know, maybe you can supplement your income doing something else in the, in the uh, you know, the periods where you're not getting called all the time. But it's tough. It's, it's really tough. And, and to that point, you know, I, I do want to go back um, before we totally run out of time and, and just blow it. Cause I could talk to you all day, but we, t we talked about that. That's a great time. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, I, it, look, there's folks who are, who are commenting here. Um, one, I, I should answer this before we uh, move on to the next topic, but Tracy, uh, I'll put you on the screen. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. $100,000 for a campaign. Uh, but the, in terms of what the filing fee is, is just to get started, there will be some campaigns where you can do a lot with less. Uh, you know, you, you work with what you can, but um, the filing fee themselves for state rep, I think it's it's still $50, right? I don't think that that's that's changed no it is increased has it? uh by 200 percent uh it's 150 dollars now no yeah what did that happen is that for this current cycle 
Yeah, it changed wow. over for this cycle. Wow. Uh, it really, it hit me out of nowhere. I was so confident talking to people for yeah. months before filing started. If it ships $50, uh, no, it's not. Oh, man, look at that. See, look, another, another example of, yeah. But, I mean, okay, so for something that, for the filing fee, for those who, you know, it's not something that you necessarily uh, you can fundraise for that, right? Around that number and then bring yeah. that in if you need to. So and certainly step hey, one. Any, any potential candidates out there listening right now, uh, if you just heard that $150 number and uh, it makes you feel a little squeamish, don't feel squeamish. Uh, I am certain my email will be out there at some point. Uh, talk to me about it. We will make sure that there is not a barrier to you running for office because... I need you and Missouri needs you. <laughs> so perfect segue. Thank you. Okay. We're going to go back to that map to show folks where they are needed. So March 29th is the filing deadline for this cycle. And mm -hmm. there are some folks, look, I mean, realistically, there are going to be some folks who are watching this who are like, there's no way I'm going to do that before March 29th. Maybe they're even watching this on March 30th. Heck if I though. But uh, uh, that doesn't, you know, in the future, we talk about planning. That doesn't mean you shouldn't contact Alex and, and start to get involved. I mean, some of the first steps that you should take oftentimes before you just jump into running is getting involved in your community and knowing what's going on. But certainly if you are even thinking, ever had a thought about running for office, uh, you should contact Alex ASAP. Uh, and so go to mohousedems.com. We're going to go there right now and show um, this map. So there's there's a couple of different toggles on here. Uh, there's this, so you can click on these, right? So there's the yellow, there's the red. Yeah. Um, and then there's one here that says view seats with candidate needs. So we've got viewing holds districts. So that, those are districts that are currently held by Democratic representatives that uh, are competitive that you're, that you're focused on holding. Is that right? Yes, uh, those are some of the seats where uh, we have an amazing person already elected, um, but they're in for a tough fight, and uh, they could use volunteers, donations, and time. Got it. Okay. And then the view target districts, tell me what that is. So, first off, uh, I don't want any candidate in any district to feel like you are not valued and loved and appreciated. I answer your phone calls just like any other district's phone calls. The target districts we have listed are the ones where statistically Democrats have in the past come the closest to winning or have been able to win there uh, in like up ballot races. So having those listed out, those are the places where we want to put the most emphasis on uh, because we really think we have a chance this year of unseating a Republican, getting a Democrat into office and getting one step closer to grabbing that gavel. This is interesting. So on this map, it's cool. I didn't know this, but I can click on the different uh, areas and it will tell me uh, who's running and what district it's in. So if you know where you look at that, you've got a map and you don't know what district you're in, just click on where you live and you'll find it. Okay, so we've got view candidates, and this is going to show. Um, well, that oh, it's maybe not quite loading. Okay, let's see. Let's see this other one though. So this is the one where it says viewing seats with candidate needed, and what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a whole bunch of area in Missouri where somebody is needed to run. Am I seeing that right? Uh, sadly, you are seeing that correctly. 
Um, I will, hey, I'll be frank. Um, and for folks who are upset with how recruitment is going, uh, throw those daggers my direction. Uh, I will take it proudly. Um, not proudly maybe, but I'll own it. Uh, I've been a big part of recruitment this year and uh, recruitment is not where it needs to be, uh, which is part of why we're doing this with three days left to file. Uh, Democrats, wherever you are in this state, I need you. I need you to file for office. Uh, I will answer the phone call, offer all the support I can, but we need you. Yeah. Because that's a lot of blue districts mm-hmm. that. Right. And it builds over time, right? Because if you think about this from a long term standpoint, uh, you know, if you're a candidate and you mentioned this, this is, I'm a pretty passionate guy about this stuff. Um, when, when you are running, um, Alex mentioned the, uh, the database that's used that is updated every election cycle uh, based on contacts that are made in that area. You know where folks are, are living. You know if they want to support a can- what issues they care about, which is so important, right? Because you want your government to be representative of what folks are really keyed into. And the best way to know that is to have those conversations. Problem is, if we don't have folks, you know, running in one of those, uh, these areas, and they're not making those calls at time, then that information often doesn't get updated. And then for folks who want to come in later on. So, you know, if you are thinking, oh, goodness, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to win this race for one reason or another. First of all, (laughs) plenty of people who have won a race have said that. Um, I talked to some folks who used to work in politics a long time ago in this state, and they remember a, a gubernatorial candidate who had no chance whatsoever standing up and just pulling out an old utility bill from his pocket and saying, oh, the utility bills are too high. That's all he talked about. And the guy the guy ended up uh, ended up governor. So uh, it, it happens. You just don't know, right? And you talk about the right thing or you hit the right issue, and people are like, I totally agree with that. That's, that's the guy. Um, but it's... I it's, also think... Like, okay, just because you don't win that election does not mean you lost that election. Exactly it is not a loss. Uh, you got all the new data. Uh, we have updated DPIs. We have an idea of the minimum amount of Democrats we could possibly count on supporting. Uh, we also, and this is a bit more theoretical, but if an area only hears rhetoric from one side of the aisle, only hears rhetoric to view an issue in one way, they have one lens. But if we are in that community, we are also engaging with people, having real, honest conversations. We are providing an additional lens so that our neighbors have more tools to analyze the issues in their lives and to make decisions about how they want to move forward, how they want Missouri to move forward. Uh, It sounds silly, but I mean, just giving people the language they need to describe the issues in their life makes a real difference. Maybe not this cycle, but 2024, 2026, uh, we have to be thinking about those races this year also. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there were times, um, I traveled a lot around the state, uh, when I was running and, and there would be, you know, parades and and plenty of people would say, why are you going over there? Like, there's no one's going to vote for you over there. And you're not going to talk to us. Well, yeah, if you don't talk to anybody there, of course, no one's going to vote for you. Like, why, why would that happen? And, and I remember, 
uh, it was one of these parades. And you know, if you run out of candy in a parade, it, it just you deserve everything that you get at that point. So I remember I came to this one. I was armed to the teeth, and uh, one of our uh, parade mates. Uh, was out in the crowd and the crowd was just loving the candy and disappeared. And I was like, oh, we can't leave a guy behind. So, you know, I'm off and I'm, I'm looking for him and we're just giving out candy. And there was a group of uh, kids, maybe early high school, and they were looking and they looked at me and they said, are you running for something? I said, yes. And it said, what party? And, you know, it's a conservative area of the state. And I'm like, well, you know, so I'm running as a Democrat. And they said, oh, that's really cool. We're really excited for it. These kids could not vote. Uh, this cycle, they actually might be really close if they can't right now. And for for kids, for people just to see you show up means so much. And when you don't show up, it means a lot, too. And so um, highly encourage if if. You know, you're passionate about this. I know a lot of folks are putting in comments right now from all over the state about how hard it is to run and, you know, how the challenge, the, the odds and everything else. Um, this is a greater mission. And there are few folks who are so involved and seeing this from a standpoint that's all over the state than Alex, who's with us right now, who can communicate the importance of that and how it's important to be on a team that is pushing these issues forward because we know how important that they are. Um, and so, uh, Alex, you uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing. I know that oftentimes the thanks don't come in because the criticisms are a little bit easier. Um, but it's uh, it's it's hard work, and and we need a lot of people to step up. And I, I will tell you, running for office is an extremely hard thing to do, uh, but it is an extremely extremely rewarding thing to do too. And uh, the inspiration, I think, that you get from others um, and that you, everybody is feeding off is, uh, is, is something well worth that. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully more people see this. Please contact Alex and, and just put it in there. I'll give, I'll give you whatever it is. But uh, talk to this guy. He's real. He's been doing this for a long time. And he's, he's look, look how, look how supportive he is of me, just like switching from one scene to the next. It's really exciting. So I'll do that for you, too. I'm here to encourage. Uh, we have a key love attitude. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir, for joy. I, I'm so happy. I can't believe I haven't had you on the Elad Pod before. I am. I am so excited. And uh, thank you for for coming on. Good luck with all the That's recruiting. A pleasure. March 29th. That's the date. So file. Uh, uh, talk to Alex first. He will get you hooked up. And uh, if if March 29th isn't your date, it should be your. Hey, look. Look at me. It should be your date. If it's not your date, though, uh, contact Alex anyway, because we'll find another date for you. We need more people like you to get involved. So uh, run for Missouri, everybody. Okay. Any closing thoughts? Did I miss anything, Alex, that you want to leave the crowd with? You gave them a lovely quote. You gave them great resources. Is there anything that we're missing today? Uh, you know, one thought I always have is, we like to look for a big figure to come in and make everything better for us. Uh, and that's not how the world's going to work. Uh, Missouri isn't where we want it to be right now. And it's not going to get there until you and me and our neighbors decide to get it there. Uh, we can't wait for somebody to rescue us. This is our job and we're going to do it together. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can participate in these shows live and subscribe so you don't miss any at aladgross.live.
This is Alad Gross, and I'll see you on the next Alad Pod.